Cozy Nook Explorers. I'm Jackie. And I'm John. And we are the Cozy Nook Explorers. Welcome to our show where we explore the world from our cozy nook here in a guest room in Southern California using the power of the internet and wherever time... Every time we make a knowable mistake, we put a coin in the adventure jar, yes. like so. Like so. And we also just dropped a coin on the floor, so that's what you just heard. That's a coin going into the adventure jar. So now I think we have explained that. We have the adventure jar here. Our producer Charles is in the house, and it's Wednesday, which means it's time for our next exploration. Today we are exploring Page, Arizona. This episode was suggested by our listener, Liana. Uh, yes, I had never heard of Page, Arizona, so I'm glad it was suggested uh, mm-hmm. because it is such an amazing place to see. It is spectacular. But before we head to Page, what's keeping you cozy this week, John? Uh, what's keeping me cozy uh, is jumping jacks. Hmm. A little insider baseball is that we do jumping jacks in between segments when we're feeling a little low energy. It helps us focus, plus jumping jacks are pretty fun. Yeah, Charles yells a number out, and we do that number of jacks. <laughs> it's usually 20. <laughs> yeah. uh, but sometimes uh, we will choose something different. Uh, it's a great trick if you need a little uh, extra physical activity in your day, and a good way to refocus without feeling sluggish. Without feeling sluggish? Oh, if you're feeling sluggish. <laughs> I mean, so it's... I was like, it, I don't it understand. It, it so you don't feel sluggish. All right, we're off to a good start here. I'm going to put another coin in the adventure jar, and I have a question for you. Sure. Do you prefer jumping jacks with weights in your hands or without weights? Uh, without weights. Mm. There are plenty of things I love to do with weights in my hand, but jumping jacks is not one of them. Yes. You know, I agree with that. Now, what is the perfect number of jumping jacks to do? I know Charles would say the number is 20, but... But do you have a different number? I say two. Two? Two, yeah. Just it's, two? Just two. Like one, if you, two. One, two. Yeah, that it's uh, uh, because one is not enough, but two is just enough to where your blood just starts pumping just a little bit, but it will not get you tired. <laughs> I don't know two is enough but if two is enough you know what we could try to next time we do it fair enough yeah um, we'll report back so uh what is keeping you cozy this mm, week what's keeping me cozy this week is decluttering and minimizing so not organizing per se but actually getting rid of things so i love the lightness it brings into my day and generally as well it It's really the only way for me to be more organized because the less things I have, the easier it is for me to organize those things. And so it really helps me out in that way. And not to brag, but I'm pretty good at paring down on stuff. And uh, what do you do with the items you no longer need? So I usually like to donate or give away items if they're still usable. A lot of people like to sell things, which I think is a really great thing to do. I generally don't do that. But if it's, you know, if it's your thing, it's, you know, kind of a good incentive. You can definitely sell things. If something is unusable, I do my best to recycle it. And my final option, of course, is to just throw it out. And do you have any advice for someone who uh, is decluttering now? I do. So sentimental items are the hardest, I think, to get rid of. Something I recommend is taking photos of the items that mean a lot to you. That way you have an image of them and that could be stored in a digital space like on your computer or in, um, you could also print out a photo book of those 
pictures so that then you have that special memory, but it's in a more condensed space and easier to keep organized. So something like that I have found to be helpful. And with that, shall we start our exploration? Yeah, let's go to Paige. We are now ready to start our way down the great unknown. The flour has been resifted through a mosquito net sieve. The spoiled bacon has been dried, and the worst of it, boiled. A few pounds of dried apples have been spread in the sun and reshrunken to their normal bulk. The sugar has all melted and gone its way down the river. But we have a large sack of coffee. <laughs> the lightning of the boats has this advantage. They will ride the waves better, and we shall have but little to carry when we make a portage. August 13th, 1869, John Wesley Powell. So Major John Wesley Powell was a geologist and a soldier, and Lake Powell was named after him because he was the first person to conduct a scientific exploration down the Colorado River. His diary tells of a harrowing journey on which his men suffered from bad food, battled boats, rapids, and waterfalls. He lost three men in the process, in one of the most heartrending tales I have come across. But he did it. He explored the Colorado River. You know, I'm sorry, did you mention that he was missing his right arm? <laughs> Not yet, but yes. Uh, he lost it in the Battle of Shiloh uh, during the Civil War fighting for the Union. Uh, they took off the arm without anesthesia, Ugh. and he suffered from nerve pain for the rest of his life. Oh, gosh. Must you mention that? Um, but it did not stop him from being an explorer. We should also mention that although he was a very accomplished explorer, he was very racist. <laughs> True. Can we talk about something more cozy? Okay, Jackie. I see you have written down glamping in a covered wagon. What in the world is glamping? You've never heard of glamping? Nope. Okay, glamping is when you camp, but it's cute, and there are toilets and showers and sometimes even electricity. Oh, that doesn't sound that doesn't sound like camping to me. So it's not. It's glamour <laughs> plus camping, which is glamping. Why don't you just stay in a hotel instead? Because it's not all cute and outdoorsy, and you don't get to wear your outdoorsy outfits. This is lost on me, but you, what were you going to say about glamping? So in Page, Arizona, you can go glamping in a covered wagon. Oh my. Oh my is right. So it's a cute little wagon, and it sleeps too that's available for rent. I've never seen this before. I've seen tiny houses, yurts, all sorts of things, but never a covered wagon. It looks like it's attached to a bed and breakfast, so you're not too far away from more modern amenities. I would imagine it would be a very peaceful night for the right glampers. I don't know if that would end up on my list of things to do when I was in Page, but it's pretty interesting. You know, I agree. Charles, would you want to spend a night in a covered wagon? And for once, he's shaking his head yes. Oh. Uh, we will have to try and arrange that for oh, you. Oh, wow. He's so excited. That's a first. Okay. Well, welcome to Page, Arizona, a city that uh, wasn't even officially a city until 1975. Uh, Page was not incorporated until 1975, but it was created in 1957 as a housing community for the workers and their families who were building the Glen Canyon Dam. During this time, Page was called Government Camp. 
they renamed uh, Government Camp Page uh, at a later date after John C. Page, who was the commissioner of the Bureau of Reclamation from 1936 to 1943. I had no clue what the Bureau of Reclamation was, so I looked it up, and they are responsible for all of the water projects such as dam building, power plants, and canals in the 17 western states. The Bureau was developed in the early 1900s by Theodore Roosevelt. It makes sense that they would name the town after the man who was in charge of overseeing this bureau, since the bureau is the reason that the town exists in the first place. Yeah, that really does make a lot of sense. The Glen Canyon Dam was being built because of the rapid population expansion on the West Coast. It was controversial when it was built, and it is still controversial today. The dam is on the Colorado River and is anchored in Navajo sandstone, which is very beautiful, but not very stable, so there is a risk that the dam will eventually fail. The dam did almost fail in 1983 when there was a flood on the Colorado River. The reason why so many people have been and still are against the Glen Canyon Dam is because there's a good chance that the environmental impacts of the dam will outweigh the benefits that the dam has brought to the area. Nevertheless, the dam was built and it is still operating today and it is the reason why Page, Arizona exists. The dam is the reason why Page Arizona. The, the dam is the reason why uh, Glen Canyon uh, exists. Glen Canyon Bridge <laughs> I'm gonna, exists. What an adventure, Jared. That yeah, one. But, yeah, yeah. But, but the, yeah, the Glen Canyon Bridge. Um, I think you should probably tell talk about Glen Canyon Bridge. Sure. Yeah. So yes, it is also. So it's the reason Page exists. It's the reason the bridge exists. The bridge was built in order to have a way to transport supplies that were needed to build the dam. It's a two-lane bridge that is over 700 feet high. It's one of the highest bridges in the world. And it was the highest arch bridge in 1959 when it was completed. If you are interested in seeing the sights from above, you can walk across the bridge and back if you park at the visitor center. I'm assuming I'll be on my own for that adventure. No, I might go. But you're afraid of heights. Oh, but sometimes you have to be brave. Charles, are you coming? The sounds of silence. Oh, okay, so Page, Arizona. <laughs> Page, Arizona is about 24,531 acres, which is about 49 Disneylands. And the population as of 2019 was about 7,529 people. So it's quite small. Uh, Page is way up north in Arizona. You are just about in Utah, and you aren't that far from Zion National Park, which is only about two hours away by car. Also, Page is only about two and a half hours from the Grand Canyon. This is such a great area to visit with a car because you could definitely spend a couple of days at each of these places all in one trip if that was your travel style. Oh, that would be such an epic trip. Mm. Uh, so something I've noticed while creating this podcast is that sometimes when you Google a city or a town, uh, an actual photo of the town comes up. And sometimes it'll just be landmarks and amazing things that you can see in the area. When you Google page, a large majority of the photos are of Horseshoe Bend, Lake Powell, and the Slot Canyons. Yeah, I honestly didn't see many pictures of their downtown area at all. Even their tourism websites are all about the outdoors, so people definitely are traveling to this area for the amazing sights and adventures. Speaking of adventures, let's start with Horseshoe Bend. Wait, um... We need to start with Glen Canyon. Yeah, but Horseshoe Bend is in Glen Canyon. Exactly. Uh, but we need to tell everyone what Glen Canyon is. So Glen Canyon 
is a canyon. <laughs> uh, it's a canyon that is 1.25 million acres, and it's the length of the entire Colorado River. Most of Glen Canyon is in Utah, but part of the canyon is in Arizona, and that is what we'll, we will primarily be covering today. All of the sites that we'll be covering today are in the Glen Canyon Recreation Area. Not once in my life have had I ever heard of Glen Canyon before we started researching this episode, but now I am so excited to visit, especially Horseshoe Bend. Horseshoe Bend. Who knew a U-Bend could be so breathtaking? Not me. So Horseshoe Bend is a U-Bend on the Colorado River, and a U-Bend is when a river takes a sharp turn in the opposite direction and it makes a U-shape. So the U-Bend is shaped like a horseshoe, and that makes the name very fitting. Because of years of erosion, it looks like there is this giant rock formation coming out of the ground right in the middle of this bend. The formation is made out of Navajo sandstone, like most things in the area. Navajo sandstone is absolutely stunning. It's bright oranges and browns. Since I grew up on the East Coast, it kind of looks like outer space to me. The view is just <laughs> So vast and open and beautiful. I would love to bring a little picnic lunch and spend the afternoon there. I did see that you can hike the bend. Oh, that. I want to do that. Oh, and um, an important note. Uh, Horseshoe Bend is the most popular destination in the area in regards to tourism because social media has really given it a lot of attention. Uh, so I would suggest trying to visit during the off time. And of course... Please be respectful to the natural wonder. Uh, with more people visiting every year, uh, there is a greater concern about maintaining the area. Uh, also, please be mindful that part of Horseshoe Bend is on Native American land, and that is private property. So do not leave the, uh, the designated sorry, <laughs> tourist areas. Yes, and please be very careful. If you would like to get close to the edge, use the areas that have railings so that you can do so safely. Not all parts of Horseshoe Bend have railings, and people have died there. Yes, safety first always. Uh, and that goes for other places that we'll be exploring in this episode. Always read posted signs and follow their directions. Shall we head to Lake Powell? Yes, Lake Powell. Um, but let's take a quick break and talk about that when we get back. Okay, sounds good. Hey there, I'm Jack. Welcome to Jump with Jack, where I teach you to do world-class jumping jacks. My class, Jumping Jacks with Jacks, is a full-time, fully immersive jumping jack experience that will change your life. If you commit just 10 hours every day for two years to jumping and the jacks, you will grow three inches taller and all of your problems will be solved. All of them. Okay, so ignoring that you said this is a 10 hour a day commitment for two years to note that I haven't grown in over two decades. I'm pretty sure I'm not supposed to grow anymore. And how are you supposed to solve all of my problems? Well, we saw great success in our double bind study. Did you say double bind? Our study is supposed to be double blind. This was a double bind study. We used two binders. Okay, that's not science. Jumping jacks with Jack, it will change your life. Okay, no, actually it probably won't. Don't buy this product. Okay, so Lake Powell. 
This seems to be a popular place for tourists and locals alike. This lake is huge and the water is super blue. <laughs> okay. Blue. And, then, blue. <laughs> and it is actually the second largest man-made lake in the United States. It seems like the perfect place to be on a hot summer day in Arizona. You can go swimming, fishing, Boating. Oh, there's so many boats. They have big boats, little boats, and I even saw a boat with a slide on it, so you can slide right into the water. Very cool, mm. if you will forgive the pun. <laughs> um, the shoreline is uh, 1,960 miles. That is longer than the west coast of the United States. If you're not where, sh- if you're not, oh wow, okay, my turn. <laughs> if you're so not sure where to today. start in regards to Lake Powell, Marina Village seems to be a good place. Uh, do you mean Lake Powell Marina Village? I think that's another adventure jar. Uh, yeah. Okay. Fair. 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 All right. Oh my goodness. All right. Is that that may be the shortest amount of time for three adventure jars? Yeah. It's impressive. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. Look, I'm a record setter. Let's be real. <laughs> um, but yes, that's what I was referring to. And also, you know, I just love the idea of a marina village. Like, what if there was this village and it was a bunch of cute little houses and they were all decorated in a nautical theme? Mm-hmm. The houses could be next to the water, or they could be built on a dock and then you could put the houses on the little dock i don't know how structurally sound that is but i think it'd be so cute with all the stripes and the anchors and captain's hats what do you think i think you're getting off track but don't you think it'd be so cute so lake powell marina village Mm. is a place where you can eat and shop right on the lake uh there are also boat rentals and tours I would imagine that the tours would uh, help you quite a bit uh, to show you what the lake has to offer and to be a nice outing. You know, there is a restaurant on the water and a visitor center. You can even rent a houseboat. Ooh, maybe that's a better idea for my floating houses for my nautical village. What do you think, John? You could also see Rainbow Bridge from Lake Powell. Uh, You really don't like my village idea. All right, I'll move on. So, yes, Rainbow Bridge National Monument is really, really cool. Uh, It's one of the largest natural bridges in the world. Uh, What that means is that it's a rock that is shaped like a bridge. And when I'm looking at it... uh, Honestly, just looks looks like an arch to me, but it's technically a natural bridge. Uh, just imagine a huge bridge that looks like an archway, but um, that is naturally in the middle of the desert and right off of Lake Powell. And with the bridge being a whopping 234 feet high, it is definitely a sight. Rainbow Bridge is considered sacred to a number of Native American tribes, and it has been designated a traditional cultural property by the National Park Service. If you'd like to see Rainbow Bridge uh, for yourself, the location is very remote. The simplest way to visit is by taking a boat tour. Yeah, a boat tour definitely seems like the way to go. There is no access via car, and the hike is 14 miles each way, so it would be a multi-day adventure by foot. And the weather can be very harsh in the area, especially in the summer. Plus, there's always the possibility of flash floods. Plus, if you needed another reason not to hike there, the National Park Service and Navajo Nation do not take responsibility for search and rescue efforts if something were to happen to you. Yeah, so boat it is. Boat it is. Let's talk about slot canyons. Slot canyons. Definitely plan to go on a slot canyon tour if you are visiting Paige. It is well worth it. 
The most famous slot canyon uh, in the Page area is definitely Antelope Canyon. This slot canyon was created through erosion of Navajo sandstorm. Sandstone. Wow. <laughs> Adventure. Um, the primary cause of erosion is flash flooding. The reason they are called slot canyons is because of the narrow passageways. Because of the water erosion over millions of years, the walls of the canyon are smooth and wavy. Sun peeks through the tops of the slots at different times of day to highlight the beautiful sandstone. Even though it is really different in a lot of ways, slot canyons reminded me a bit of the narrows at Zion National Park. Yeah, I agree with that, especially because they both have flash flood warnings. <laughs> yes, just like the Narrows, slot canyons are prone to flash floods. Antelope Canyon specifically, and most other slot canyons in the area, are on Native American land and only accessible with a tour guide. All tours are run by Native Americans who live on the land. You, can, you also need a permit to visit most of the slot canyons, so it makes total sense to plan and book a tour ahead of your trip. I think this is a really great in a lot of ways, but especially because I could see how visiting slot canyons without a permitted tour guide could be really dangerous. Yes, uh, you definitely do don't want to be in a slot canyon during a flash flood. I cannot stress that enough. Uh, so best to leave this one to the experts. Let's talk about the recommended slot canyons. Okay. So even though Antelope Canyon is the most popular slot canyon, uh, there are others in the area. We can't go through every slot canyon, but I found a great blog post about the nine best slot canyons in Arizona, and I'll include a link in the show notes. So Antelope Canyon is broken up into different sections. The most popular parts of the canyon to visit, at least according to the internet, are the Upper and Lower Canyon. Apparently, these tours can be really busy, so multiple people actually recommended taking the canyon X tour instead. The reason it's called Canyon X is because when you look at it from the sky, the rock formation creates an X. When you look up at oh, what into, did I say? like so you're when you said when you look at it from the sky. Oh, my apologies. Yeah, when you look at it uh, when you look when up into the sky. Yes, when you're down deep in the canyon and yes. you look up into the sky. Right. There's an X. My bad there. Yes. So if you are lucky, you may see beautiful light beams shining into the canyon. Your best bet for seeing the light beams is to take a tour midday. Also, the Canyon X tours seem to be taken in smaller groups as well. Oh, I just love a small group tour. It's so fun to make new friends. It's great. Okay. So I think that's all I have from this end. Anything else from your end, Jackie? Oh, Page, Arizona has a local newspaper called the Lake Powell Chronicle. Anything else? Antelope Canyon, and this is so bizarre, the now famous Slot Canyon was not discovered until 1997. Wow. And on that note, let's take a quick break before our community shout-out. See you soon. Coming this fall, a reality television event unlike anything you've ever seen before. Hi, I'm Laura, and welcome to A Gentle Declutter, where we gently help you declutter your home with compassion and empathy. If you watch reality television for the conflict, salacious plot lines and drama. This show is not for you. Oh, I see you've decided to donate a few shirts. Oh, that's so great. Yay for you. Okay, let's take a break. You deserve it. I made some tea. A gentle declutter. So kind, the only thing that suffers is the ratings. Every episode, we like to research and highlight something special in the community that we're exploring. Today's community shout-out 
is the Grand Canyon 100 Years of Stories YouTube series. We know this podcast is about Glen Canyon and not Grand Canyon, but we came across this series of stories on the Peaks, Plateaus, and Canyons Association website, and we had to share them. Five different people who have a close connection to the Grand Canyon share a story about their unique relationship with the canyon. This series was filmed in April of 2019, but they just released the stories on YouTube, so this was all put together well before COVID, which is why there is a room full of people. You can feel the energy in that room, and everyone does such a great job with their storytelling. All five stories are brilliant, but my favorite story is the one told by Kyle Mitchell. Yes, all five stories are well worth watching, but I think my favorite story was Floyd Alvin Galloway's tale about how him and a friend got lost in the Grand Canyon. Of course, they made it out safely for him to tell the tale, and it was surprisingly funny. There were actually quite a few laughs along the way in all the stories, but the stories were so sentimental that I still have chills thinking about it. I will warn you, though, it will make you want to run off and become a park ranger. That's how great the story, the, the series is. <laughs> yes. Oh, Adventure Jar. Yes. I definitely thought about it personally, even though I don't know if I would be very qualified. <laughs> but we will include a link in the show notes so that you have the chance to watch the series and make that decision for yourself. We will also include a link to the Peaks, Plateaus, and Canyons Association website, which supports public land across the Colorado Plateau. Yes, we will. All right. Well, that's our show. Thank you so much to our caring producer, Charles. Thank you so much, Charles. And thank you to Liana for suggesting this episode. Thank you so much for the great suggestion, Liana. And thank you so much for listening to the show. Yes, thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you've been enjoying this podcast, please take the time to subscribe, rate us, and write a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps the show, and we'd really appreciate it. Also, make sure to tell your friends. If there's anyone you know who you think would enjoy this podcast, please make sure to share. You can also follow us uh, on Instagram at Cozy Nook Explorers, or send us an email at explorers at gmail.com. We love getting to hear from you, and we're always looking for travel suggestions. We'll be back Wednesday with our next exploration. Yes, on Wednesdays, we explore. Stay cozy, and we'll see you soon.